full of trouble now I thought, how do we ever get so far down And how's it ever gonna turn around So I turned my eyes to heaven I thought, God, why don't you do something Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of People living in poverty Children sold into slavery The thought disgusted me So I shook my fist at heaven I said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did Yeah I created you <laughs> I always love it when there's a guest on the couch with a little movement to the song here. Dancing. So <laughs> happy Wednesday podcast day. Welcome to the People at Your Service podcast known as Pays or P-A-Y-S, where we're honored to introduce to you, the audience, an awesome person of service. I'm your host, Steve King, founded our company, People at Your Service, in 2016. 54 years old and been blessed over those years to meet some incredible people of service like the person that we have on the couch with us today. So um, each episode, we are joined live and in person at the global headquarters of People at Your Service in Norwood, Ohio, just outside of Cincinnati from our podcast studio known as Grandma's Comfy Couch. And uh, Megan, in my um, life, uh, grandmas have been really just meaningful people of service. So Peg, as a grandma to my kids, uh, and and my mom as grandma to my kids, and then certainly my grandmothers. And so I'm always so happy, excited to have you and, and other guests that come here to spend that time on Grandma's Comfy Couch. So thanks for being here. Thank you, Steve. Yes. And and uh, so on the couch today, we got Megan uh, Laser, right? I'm, I'm going to try hard to do it. I said I've been saying it wrong for the last it. year and a half that we've known each other. So Megan Laser and and uh, uh, so awesome to have uh, Megan with us. And, and uh, we are newer friends. And uh, so it's always just great to have that opportunity to get to know each other better through this process. So thank you again for that. So uh, as we talked about off air, uh, six segments, right? So we'll go through intro. I'm going to, I'm going to shut up and turn it over to you in a second. We'll go through a personal service. that has been meaningful in your life. We'll get to know you a little deeper kind of uh, through some, some question asking. We'll do you in 2022 roll the dice and then we'll uh, tap out here. Let's so, do it. all right. So the floor is yours. Please introduce yourself to the audience. All right. Thanks, Steve. My name is Megan Leisure, and by um, education, I'm an industrial psychologist, but I've had a super fun career of all kinds of different jobs, so kind of in the HR, talent kind of space. So started off um, focusing on assessment testing, getting into surveys, uh, performance management, talent management, all of that kind of fun stuff. So mm. that, that full spectrum of, of the employee life cycle and helping not only companies make great decisions about their people and to really focus on having, having it be a great experience and meaningful for both parties, but also focusing on the individuals. How, how do you feel confident? How do you get ahead? How do you, get, how do you make great choices? So mm. I love that in my career, it's been a focus you know, at, at, at the scale, if you will, but also at the personal level and look forward to continuing to do that and whatever the future might bring. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that yeah. because you're, you're in – Transition. Transition. You're in discernment here. Discernment. <laughs> I like that. And, and so, my new term. I'm gonna yeah. steal that. Well, and, and and it's great just getting to know you as a person of faith and knowing you know you've said it to me off air on a number of occasions like hey, I'm just waiting for what's God's plan. Where where mm -hmm. does where does He take me next? What does that look like? And and you've got as you've also said the luxury of some of that time to be able to mm -hmm. do that. But but talk a little bit about. 
Um, well, maybe before we get into that, tell a little bit about your like industrial psychologist. How, yeah. how did you get into that field? Where are you from originally? Give us a little bit of the backstory Absolutely. here. So. Um, so I'm from Northern Ohio, okay. just uh, about an hour west of Cleveland. Grew up right by Cedar Point um, in Huron, Ohio. Oh, so wow. Grew up on the lake. Did not know um, that. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a Cleveland guy as well, so uh, Strongsville. So we used right. to go to Cedar Point quite a bit. Yes, yes. It, it's not as glamorous living there. I will tell you that. I will tell you that. But it's it's a beautiful place to grow yeah. up. My father still lives there. Um, did my undergrad at Kent State. Yeah. Uh, had no idea what I wanted to major in. Thought I was going to be a psychiatrist. Okay. And so I declared pre-med psych is the dual major is, you know, how you pursue that. And I took one semester of biology and I almost failed out. <laughs> like I was lucky I got that D. Never had a D in my life. Never had a C in my life. Wow. And I barely skated Kicked through yeah. with a D. Wow. And I was like, okay, so maybe not med school. Yeah. Maybe we'll drop that part. <laughs> so like I had like this psych part still hanging in my major, you know, sans the double major. And so I just started taking like the, the gen ed, the basic requirements. I'm like, okay, I'll just start taking classes. Maybe something will click. And so I started taking some psych classes because I still had that major kind of lingering. And I had this like really terrible semester, like schedule wise where nothing was working. Like, and, and you try to configure everything and you're just like, it's just not happening. And then I, I saw this one psych class, it was industrial psychology and it was like Monday, six to 9 PM. And I'm like, Oh man, that's just awful. Like just awful on a Monday. I'm yeah. not a night person. Yeah. I don't like the one class that's multiple hours. And I'm like, man, this sucks, but this is all I can do. Like wow. literally this is all I can do. So I show up to the class and two days into the class, I'm reading four chapters ahead. I'm staying after class, talking wow. to the professor yeah. who's some random adjunct, right? Because right. who else teaches a Monday six to nine class? It's an adjunct. Yep, yep. And I'm just like, what is this? This is amazing. And like <laughs> all the light bulbs went off and all the sirens and, and you know, all the good ones. And I was just like, oh my God, like, what is this? So like, then I'm just like Googling like mad, like what, what is this? What is this kind <laughs> this of job? Field, yeah. What do you do? What is this field? And then and then it turned into, oh, well, you have to go to grad school to do that. And I was like, oh, like, it's kind of hoping to avoid that. Because remember, I was going to be pre-med. Yes. So, I, you know, when I let go of that with that D in biology, I was like, yes, no med school. <laughs> and then it's like smack in the face. Oh, wait, you got to get a PhD. That's and I was funny. like, oh, damn. Like, <laughs> damn. And, and the more I read, the more I was excited. And I was like, oh, man, I think this is it. Wow. This is it. So I, I, I fumbled into undergrad. I chose Kent. One of the main reasons I chose Kent was because they had over a hundred and some majors. Like they sure. had more majors than most of the schools that I was looking at. And that seems like a weird criteria, but I legit didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, well, I need some opportunity to make some mistakes and change my mind here and sure. not have to, you know, transfer schools. So, um, yeah, so I just fell into it with wow. a bad scheduling semester, fell in love with it, and, and like everything changed. I'm researching grad schools, I'm researching specialty areas, um, I'm, I'm understanding who's who in the field and all these different things, and I was just like, yeah. I was just hooked instantly, wow. and so um, did my grad work at Wright State in okay. Dayton, yep. um, PhD and master's, uh, most of the programs in the field are, are combined. Yeah. Uh, master's PhD. And so 
it feels like a bit of a life term when wow. you're when you're in it. It's it's exciting, it's hard, and you're really poor. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. it's like checking a big, big important box. But um, great. Well, so, and, and so talk a little bit about um, as you got into this. So it really, just you you um, it just lit you up, right? You're yeah. excited and you light up when you're yeah. talking about it. And as you've gotten into it, you've worked for a number of different companies. You've mm-hmm. worked for some big companies, some smaller mm-hmm. companies. Um, so now that you are in this and kind of mm-hmm. in the the zone, um, does it still light you up? It seems like it does. It does. Yeah. It does. And it's evolved with me, which yeah. is something I really liked about it because I could be an academic. I could be a professor. I could be an adjunct. I could work for the government. I could work for a consulting firm. I could work inside a company. And that was an attractive thing to me is that I could reinvent myself and Mm. still change my mind a few times, but still at, at my heart, at my core, be an industrial psychologist. And I was like, Oh, well, that's pretty cool. It's like, you know, it's like a soft commitment, right? Like I love what this is, but if I don't like this job or this aspect of a job, I can kind of flip it sometimes. So I've, you know, I guest lecture a lot for a a lot of my university friends who became professors and now, you know, hit, hit me up for a night off kind of deal. And, um, and then I've done consulting in um, smaller companies, and I've also worked in in some larger companies, so yeah. um, uh, retail and healthcare, and and consulted just with countless industries. Yeah. So it's neat to to be able to to do this on a small scale, on a large scale for individuals. Um, just a lot, of, a lot of fun. I get to play in a lot of sandboxes. And and I feel like there's also the people component. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you're really talented. You're helping, you're serving others through this mm-hmm. process. Just knowing you kind of a little bit outside mm-hmm. of this, I feel like that's a, a part of your, just kind of who Absolutely. you are, uh, your faith and your service and giving back mm-hmm. and things. And so where does that play in? Where does that come from in your life? Has there been... Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about a person of service. I mean, yeah. it's been meaningful. Is there somebody in your life that has has modeled that for you here? So. Yeah, absolutely. So I I have a dear friend. Um, her name is Kathy Book. And I'm cringing right now because I know she's, there's <laughs> anger. She doesn't know it yet, but, but she's not going to be happy with me that I'm talking about her. Yes, sure. Um, and a Kathy, humility, sure. right, yes. right. That's, that's a, a beautiful, beautiful heart. And um, Kathy um, worked in the corporate world and had a had a day had a moment had a realization that the person she was at work wasn't the person she was in her heart mm. and she didn't like that that bifurcation yeah. that she was experiencing right. and she just walked away and said no i'm i'm not going to be a, be a person i don't like in my job wow. and then a person i do like in my personal life she's like that's not okay with me anymore she just kind of had a had had a moment there and she left her job without a job which is exactly where i am right now ironically yeah and um she founded um a women's ministry group called women in the marketplace mm. Um, and that's how I met her. Um, someone from Macy's brought me, um, to a, a study, uh, with women in the marketplace. And so the whole foundation of the ministry is women who work, whatever that means Mm. to the woman, women who work and bringing their whole self, including aspects of faith into their job, whatever that might look like for them. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're, you're evangelizing or, or whatnot in your office place. It could just be being a good human to other people. It could be bringing empathy in a tough moment. Mm. It, it could be 
doing the right thing, even though it's hard. Mm. You know, there's there's lots of aspects about being a good human that really do connect back to faith. Yeah. And even if you're not a person of faith, there are certainly elements of what does it mean to be a good human? Yeah. And, and I think that's at, that's at the core of all of this. So I feel like these things that 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 we talk about and that that you know in the in the ministry as well as you talk about. Um, with with all the great folks on your podcast, you could look at the exact same thing in a, in a very um, secular way, if yeah, you will. Right. And it's just like, what does it mean to be a good person? Yeah. How do you take care of your fellow people? Right. Um, how, how do you treat people fairly, kindly, justly, with honor, uh, and those sorts of things? And that's something that... that um, Kathy founding that group mm. really, really instilled in us. And and I'm not one to talk about faith at work, yeah. but I, I'm, 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 I'm one who makes sure that if I believe in something, I'm going to follow through on it. And if yeah. something's happening, that's counter to what I believe in and is like impinging on a value that I'm going to work to, to change that or either remove myself from, from that situation. And, and that's faith too. Sure. Whether, whether someone wants to put that label on it or not, um, be, being a good person is also, um, being a, a strong person of faith. Uh, um, and some people might put that, declare it that and some people might not and, and that's okay yeah. that's okay you know we we can bring our faith to work in different ways yeah, I, I, I love that for so many reasons so you don't know this but one of the things we do is this kind of monthly networking thing and we do four kind of round tables like a revenue growth people growth leadership growth and we started a faith at work session yeah. of that and you know it's not meant to be like let's just jam religion out there but it's really meant to be just faith being a good person having faith and frankly it's a double on time we're all kind of a, a work in progress right mm -hmm. we're, we're all you know in this development stage and and i know you well enough to know how much you care and have a heart for others right and whether that's overtly christianity religion or whether that's just being you know care and compassionate to people and being there to lend an ear for them and, and to, I mean, you, you model that, I think, in a really, really, even just in the work that we're doing collaboratively together yeah. on this kind of business of healthcare summit thing, you model that. And I've known you to do other things, <laughs> you know, like I want to talk a little bit about your mission trip recently oh, yeah. and some of that stuff here uh, that you are, are out just kind of modeling that in a really, really uh, great way. Uh, so anyway, kudos to you Thank for you. doing that. And Kathy would be very proud of, of what you're doing when here. She's so. being mad at when she's done being mad at so you, exactly funny. here. So how, before we pivot off of that, um, if I could just ask, because I want to capture this in the show notes. So if somebody's interested in that organization specifically, is there a, a way to connect with you or Kathy or whatever? Absolutely. Okay. So um, great website, great communications. Yeah. I'll, I'll provide all of that yeah. information in the notes. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, there's there's a, a, a lot of women that, you know, it started off in Cincinnati and it's it's moving national now. And mm -hmm. um, it's it's just what is what does faith mean to you? How do you bring that? to yourself in your work. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's a cool conversation and every woman has a different take on it. Yeah. That's what I like about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so you, you uh, in the couple of years that we've known each other, 
I, I'm always jealous. I'm like, I want to be Megan when I grow up because you're you're doing fun <laughs> things like you were going to like, you know, um, Utah and, and Wyoming or something mm-hmm. at one time when we first started talking. That's and, right. And then you did this mission trip just recently. So talk, yeah. tell a little bit about the mission trip that you did just recently. I know that's just a, a kind of a, a recent thing. Absolutely. Here, so. yeah, yeah. Very, very recent. Uh, um, just a little over a month ago. Yeah. So. Um, myself, um, with, with 18 others, Mm. um, we went to Durban, South Africa, which Mm. is a large city on the the Eastern coast on the Indian ocean. And we partnered with a group called build the future. And it's uh, a group in South Africa that builds preschools in rural villages where they simply don't have preschool. School doesn't start until grade school level. Um, in, in those types of rural rural areas, and they simply take a plot of land that's, you know, granted to them through a, a tribal leader, and they, from, from dirt, start a preschool. Wow. And um, they sometimes receive donations of shipping containers that they turn into buildings or maybe a classroom. Oh, wow. um, and sometimes they're building um, structures and they're getting the, the playground equipment and, and doing everything from, from the ground up and um, working with the, the government of South Africa to establish um, preschool teachers and the requirements. And they literally started from nothing. So as, um, as part of the trip, uh, we show up and we do whatever they need us to do. And it's a, a lot of manual labor. It's the it's the continual projects wow. <laughs> of the of the two men that run it. And um, we we had um, the the honor and the ability to just really help with um, painting and uh, establishing a greenhouse, pouring the foundation for a kitchen, building seesaws, tire swings, painting, playing with the kids, you know, mm. helping the teachers out. Um, it's just a, it's a beautiful week for a great cause and just some really cute kids that you get to yeah. you get to play with is sort of the bonus along, along the way. How did you hear about this organization? Yeah. So, um, build the future is a partner of Crossroads church. Okay. And so it was a, a Crossroads sponsored uh, mission trip and they are um, great partners with build the future yeah. and they, um, they have trips to Johannesburg, to the Cape town area and to Durban with mm. this same group. Cause they establish preschools all over the country. Wow. So it gives some great opportunity um, for those who might want to might want to travel, might want to try something different, um, you know, might might take a new spin on the word vacation or holiday. <laughs> yeah. And had you done anything like that before? Yeah, it's my third one. Wow. Um, once prior to South Africa, but but a different part of South Africa, and I've also been to Nepal. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and I would imagine just the being part of something to see something be built, launched, developed, whatever. I mean, it's just got to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's powerful how simple it is to lay the foundation yet how complicated it is to lay the foundation. You know, there's, there's, there's so many aspects of it that it's like, Oh, this like, Oh, we just did this thing and it seems so easy. And it's really not, it's really, you know, so much effort goes into it. So much collaboration with, the villages and the leaders and the people of the villages. And, and there's so much that goes into it just for us to be able to show up and, and build a seesaw. And so it's just, a um, it's a beautiful opportunity. Yeah. My yeah. son who recently graduated from St. Louis university was involved in an organization called pencils of promise mm-hmm. when he was there and they did fundraising to build yes. schools as well as same thing. And I know that they got some feedback of, 
you know, with the funds that they were able to raise and some other kind of schools that they partnered with, they were able to build six schools. And it's just like, wow, like, like you know, what costs so much here, you know, th- that money can just go so much further and they were just Absolutely. able to do some really cool things. Yeah. And, and I know he was just really proud of just that impact, you know, when you mm-hmm. do that. And then for you to have the hands-on, he didn't have the hands-on. For you to have the hands-on and go and physically, yeah, that's really cool. The hands-on so, is great. You know, yeah. there's, you know, three years from now, I'm going to be at a church service and they're going to be showing pictures of Africa trips. And yeah. I might be in one of them or maybe yeah. they show something that I helped to paint or something like that. And, right. you know, I'm just going to be like, oh, my God, that was that was my, that was my our trip. I did that. And, yeah. and so... Um, I, that moment will come one of these days and, and, um, it's just, it's just a great opportunity and I love being really active when I travel and it's a, it's a different way to look at adventure. Yeah. Well, and and I think of the intro song that Matthew West Mm -hmm. do something song Mm -hmm. is targeted exactly (laughs) at you, right? I mean, you, you, you have gone out and done lots of somethings, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and which is yeah. awesome, right? And, and you know, we talked off air. I mean, you've been blessed to be able to do some of those things. Yeah. Not, not everybody has the resources to be able mm-hmm. to do that, right? But, but you know, you've been given that opportunity and you've done it. You've invested and reinvested. And, and so just, again, kudos to you for doing that, which is Thank awesome. You. So, Love it. yeah. Well, let's yeah. talk a little bit about you in... 2022, which is really coming to an end. We're in that final quarter of 2022. Uh, So if there's anything left on your heart, you know, for this year, and then what does 2023 look like? You shared you're in transition. There's all sorts of things. So anyway, what, what's, what's on your heart? You know, as, as I think of the rest of the year of 2022, just, just that small checkbox of what do I want to be when I grow up, I I think is, is, is on my heart right now. But, but, you know, looking at that, more, more literally, I, I, I am in transition and I'm, I'm truly at peace with that. And, um, just loving that, that time. I'm, I feel very gifted with, with this time yeah. and I'm, I'm not yet knowing what I want to do next. And, yeah. and like I mentioned before, the, the big guy upstairs is going to let me know, you know, nudge me, you know, the right direction, the right time, all of those things. But I I think that's the big thing for 2022 for me is figuring out where do I want to contribute next in a way that provides an income and Mm. and I get to have value and work with a great group of people and um, be part of a great community. And and what what do I want that to look like? And can I craft it? Does it fall into my lap? Does it come swiftly? Does it take a while? There's a lot of question marks right now that I don't have the answers to. And what I'm really excited about is that I'm fine with all of those question marks. Yeah. I don't need them answered right now. And um, that's the biggest gift is that I'm I'm at I'm at peace and completely content with not knowing. But that's that's 2022 for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, what what's what's next on the on the career journey and how how will that gift be um, presented and and unwrapped for me? Yeah. Is what I'm pretty excited to to see what's next. So how. Uh, I don't know if this is a fair question, but I'm going to ask it. So how, like you shared that you have posted on LinkedIn about this, right? And you've in turn had people that have come to you and said, Hey, me too. Or, you know, you probably have gotten a variety of responses and, or you just know friends and others. We were kind of talking off air, like sometimes companies tap you out. Uh, sometimes you tap yourself out, you tapped yourself out in this particular case. And then the third group is the biggest group that, that is sitting there 
in a company doing whatever, you know, um, that, that they don't, maybe they feel called to do something different, but they're mm-hmm. discerning. They're trying to figure that out. They don't have the ability. You're considering lots of things, even coaching mm-hmm. and all this different stuff, mm-hmm. right? So how, how do you coach and counsel people <laughs> that are in this kind of space of transition discernment this big issue of quietly quitting that's out there right this big movement i don't know what would you say to people that are in this kind of thinking through these things here yeah you know i think the biggest thing right now is is that you're not alone and there's this interesting community where this is happening a lot right now you know the the quiet quitting is is turning to loud quitting and um you know you had you had mentioned my linkedin post i i posted that hey i left a job without a job lined up and, and i'm okay and um i've had people i know from you know past past lives past careers reach out to me and say, hey, I did this too. I had this thing going on with my family or this thing going on with my health or I was just super unhappy and, you know, whatever the reason. And so there's people I know that have reached out and there's been complete strangers who have reached out to me on LinkedIn and been like, good for you. I took a sabbatical. And so, you know, I think the first thing to say is you're not alone and and be proud of yourself. Mm. Because not everybody has the uh, ability to step away financially. And I know right. I'm right. very grateful and I know I'm blessed there. But but the second thing is to have the, the confidence to be able to say, no, I'm okay without for a little while, without a job, without a plan, without an updated resume, wh- whatever those things are yeah. to you, that it's okay to not know what's next. You don't have to have everything buttoned up because th- there's a plan for all of us. It's all going to be revealed. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, it gets revealed with the next job waiting for you, but that's not always the case. So there, there is community, whether it's official or not. Mm. And not to be embarrassed or ashamed by it. Like I, so many people are reaching out, like, I'm so proud of you that you just kind of walked away and, and that you're fine with this. And yeah. I'm like, well, thank you. I feel pretty awesome. But it's, it's you know, it is kind of cool to hear it from other people too. So yeah. I think that's the first thing I would, you know, share with people. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, we go back to that faith word, right? Yeah. There's certainly an element of faith. Yeah. That goes into that. Yeah. Now you've got to have some preparation and things, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think that faith thing is, is mm-hmm. really good. I was listening. Uh, we've got a mutual friend, you and mm-hmm. I and Corey Carlson, mm-hmm. right? And Corey has been a guest on the couch and he's a coach and, and doing the five capitals thing. And I was re-listening recently to a podcast that we did together. And he talked about a line that he's been using, which is, you know, I deliver the, the inputs and then God delivers the impact. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, like we, we have to do things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually you're going to have to look for a job and network and do all those kinds of things on that right time. But then God's going to deliver that impact, right? Whatever mm-hmm. that right thing is. Uh, and, and I just love that line. I think that's a, great, a great line. It's a great line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I am excited to see what that is for you, you know, kind of what is uh, next and in Me store too. here. So, yeah, I know you are. So, all right. Well, let's roll the dice all here. Right. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like dice and a dice yes dice and a dice all right we've got a nine number nine number all nine. right yes lucky number nine 
All right. Um, so this is a uh, give us a little humble brag. I, I know you don't like this. It's kind of like you were talking about Kathy. Like give us a little humble brag. I know you don't like to do it. You're you're a humble uh, uh, person. But what's a blessing that you're really proud of that we can celebrate with you? There's a there's a lot in my life. Um, I I'm I'm gonna go back to to an old one mm. that that. Um, I'm very grateful for, and um, that is that I I put myself through school. Wow! All the way. Yeah. All the that way. That is. That's a that's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> getting and, a PhD is not inexpensive here. And, so. and before that too, you yeah. know, the yeah. undergrad too. So wow. um, it, it's you know when I I have so many friends with children in college or about to be in college. Mm. And I just hear all of the financial challenges and and the coordination and you're prepared but you're never fully prepared and um, I just <laughs> yes. keep looking back thinking wow I I I did that myself yeah. and um it's it, it's something I'm I'm proud of yeah you yeah. should be absolutely yeah. so in in some of maybe it's necessity whatever but but t- tell a little bit like as you were going through that mm-hmm. at the age of 18 19 20 21 yeah. and things and certainly there were plenty of people that you knew that were not having to do that you know my kids paid for some of theirs not all of theirs mm-hmm. you know so they were maybe in the middle you know had had more than some but certainly less than many mm-hmm when it came to their unlimited budgets and blah, 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 that, that some of their friends had, how did, as you recall back, it's, it's been a minute, but as you recall mm-hmm. back to that, how, how did you feel about that? How did you manage through that? Um, um I, you know, I think for me, I knew that my family was not in a situation to put me through college. Mm-hmm. So it was either me doing it myself or I wasn't going. Mm. So for me, it was a very much a survival mechanism and I I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I saw college is is the gateway to the answer. Mm. And if they couldn't, you know, if my family couldn't support me through it financially, then I was going to have to figure that way out. So, so I saw it as a survival mechanism to get the answer to what I wanted to do with my life. Mm. And it, it, it was just, it was very organic and almost instant. I, mm. I didn't think much about it because it was just like, all right, here's where I am. Here's what this will get me. How do I get there? Yeah. yeah. Did, did you have siblings? Do you have siblings? Two older brothers. Did, yes. did they go to college and same thing? Or? Yes. Um, so my, uh, my oldest brother um, got through on scholarship on his own. Okay. Um, and my middle brother got through on um, scholarship and some grants and, and some loans and some different things. Okay. And so we all, we all three did it ourselves. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That is something. Yeah. So um, as you think you mentioned, you've got, uh, you got a variety of friends. You got you have friends that have kids ready to go to college or getting mm-hmm. close to that, and then you've shared. You got four friends that are pregnant, expecting right now, right? Four. So you know, which yeah. is exciting. So, like, um, and as you think about, I don't know if you'll ultimately have kids and things, but as you think about that or them or whatever, mm-hmm. like, what, 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 what is your take on <laughs> college mm-hmm. and funding of college? And there's so much. I mean, it's 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 expensive. It's just you know all that stuff. Do you have a yeah, you have a perspective I, on that? You know, I I don't know it. I don't know if I have a perspective yeah. on it. I yeah. don't I don't live in that situation where I I I have a child that I'm going to have to fund and think through those sure. things. So I'm only hearing things second and third hand. Yeah. So I I don't really think I I have a perspective. I I think me 
putting myself through definitely instilled a lot of values and hard work and work ethic in me. So I saw that as a really great thing, but that's not to say if someone pays for their kid to go to college, that that kid's not going to instill work ethic in other ways. So I I don't, I don't think I have a perspective um, just because I'm not, I'm not living in that side of it. Got it. Yeah, Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Well, so, um, your role as, I'll just kind of wind us down here, but your mm-hmm. role as an industrial psychologist, mm-hmm. what, I mean, tell, tell me or tell the audience, yeah. like, what does that mean in, in practicality um, out there? What, mm-hmm. what, what role does that play? How would me as a general layperson out there kind of think of that mm-hmm. and, and you know, give a little uh, description as yeah, we land the plane absolutely. And, and thank you for asking. It's, it's a scary title. Like it's a very intimidating kind of title. It is. And it gets a <laughs> lot of different reactions. Most of them, you know, not necessarily the right ones, but um, industrial psychology is a, a, a type of psychology or a branch of psychology in which you are practically applying psychological principles to help organizations, workplaces, people in workplaces. And so we are predominantly research and application type of psychologists. We're not therapists, we're not counselors, we're not that type of psychologist, but we are designing research systems, methods, programs, and conducting the the statistics and the science to determine what things work and help organizations and people and organizations thrive. So for example, assessment testing, surveys, those are really classic examples of things that industrial psychologists build through science, through statistics, through the capturing of and and the the codification of human behavior and turning those into things that that organizations can make great people decisions on. Mm. Um, And so building the tools, implementing the tools, the resources, building out the programs based on that scientific research. So we could be doing the research. We could be applying the research in organizations at scale. We could be applying the research with teams or one-on-one. There's a lot of different ways we do it, but but we're kind of like the science of HR in Mm. a way, if, if you will. So you'll generally find us in HR departments and larger organizations. Um, we exist in a lot of consulting firms, big and small, yeah. um, that get into the talent, talent management, talent acquisition space. And so um, we're, we're, we're not therapists. Don't bring us your crazy people. We don't, <laughs> we don't want them either. Um, but uh, we, we take those applications of, of human behavior and human psychology and leverage that into science yeah. that then organizations can help people be better, help their organizations thrive and their people thrive. So if I could ask you one more humble brag, is there anything you've done in your career that just jumps out? You're like, man, this is really cool. I got to be involved with or lead that. I mean, is there anything that kind of jumps to mind? You're like, man, this has been a really neat thing. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was with Macy's, uh, the leader of the wedding and gift registry department had a complete re-envisioning 
of what that role of a wedding and gift registry consultant would be in yeah. our stores. Yeah. And it's a very important customer because if you if you secure a bride and a groom Absolutely. as they're getting ready to get married, that that's a customer for life. Yeah. That those are those are future children perhaps right. and, and and families coming in to buy for them. So there's a lot of revenue potential um, in securing a, a bride and groom to be on a registry. And so it was a complete reinvention of that role to the degree that they um, took all of the people who were currently doing that work and said, this job is going away. You can choose to apply for Mm. this new way we're doing it. They didn't morph the job. They said, this job is gone. You may choose to apply to this re-transformed role, but be very clear this is how it's going to be different. Mm. And lots of people said, thanks, no thanks. Yeah. I liked it how it was. Thank you for letting me know. I'm going to you know, do, do something different. Yeah. But for the folks who wanted to say, yes, I'm, I'm excited about that, the way that we're looking at doing it in the future. I, um, with, a, with a great team of, of HR partners, helped build and lead the selection process to take all the people who were in the the former role, if you will, who wanted to pursue the new retransformed role yeah. and determine, hey, are they going to be a good fit for it? It was yeah. a completely different job. Mm. You're still serving that same customer. It was a completely different job. It was a giant undertaking, wow. and it was lots and lots of people, and it certainly was not without its hiccups along the way. Yeah. Um, but it was it was very successful in wow. in determining how how we as an organization can best serve that customer now and in the future and all those people who want to give gifts to those customers too. You know, there's a whole community around that kind of sale and the sales cycle is completely different. It's a very interesting industry. And I, I was very, um, I, I was very excited to have that opportunity um, at the depths I did and to help them transform that role yeah. um, under some great leaders. So, Well, you did a good job because my daughter got married in July uh, of this year and she and her now husband, Brian, wow. were registered at Macy's and Love they it. are big time customers and supporters. And uh, so you, you, you got one at least. All right. Here. I like it. I <laughs> so like it. If people want to get hold of you, connect and, and reach out, what's the best way to do that? I would say LinkedIn is probably the best way to reach yeah, out. Awesome. Um, we'll throw that in the show notes yeah, for, yeah, for, for everyone, sure. but um, I'm all, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and, and love meeting new people and um Love, love reaching out to new people yeah. as well. Well, thank you so much for your time, for the gift of your talent, for giving back, for being a great person of service. And it's been awesome to spend some time on the couch with you. Thank you for having me, Steve. Yeah, you're welcome.